0: is real. There's power in Your name. We find hope when we trust in Your ways. We believe Jesus is real.
1: So instead of worrying, try seeking. Try seeking to understand who God is and how God works and what God is doing. And you will find that God will take care of your every need. So instead of worrying, try seeking. And then in verse 34, look at what it says. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Instead of worrying, stay in the
0: present. Pastor Daniel today acknowledges how common worry is in everyday life. But he also reminds us that Jesus has provided an alternative. Instead of allowing concerns to shape our day, we can turn to Jesus. He's promised to provide everything we need, and he always keeps his promises. No matter what may happen in our lives today, we can know that Jesus is in control. Trusting him will free us from a life of worrying. Now here's Pastor Daniel with part three of his message, Treasuring.
1: In your heart Whether you like it or not And it's just not like a religious concept This is a human reality And the key really to Beginning any sort of walk Of any spiritual persuasion Begins with The ability to understand Who is the Lord of my life What is the God Of my heart See we live in a day and age It's fascinating where You know, entertainment isn't bad in and of itself, but we live in a culture that is so entertained that we've actually lost the ability to actually be introspective even a little bit. Most people spend most of their time trying to figure out how they can go viral on the internet rather than even looking at what's inside their own hearts. And it's a skill that is in short supply, in 21st century America. We lack self-reflection. We lack the ability to say, what are the driving principles of my life? But even if we're not aware of them, there is still a Lord in everybody's heart. There is still a Lord. And it's a Lordship issue. So you get to this point, right? Jesus says, listen, don't lay up treasures on earth. Lay them up in heaven. Be generous in the way that you are. You can't serve two masters. And someone will always say then, well, Pastor Daniel, what do I do with my money? What do I do? And I would simply say this. It's a simple saying. I heard it long ago. I'm so blessed for it. Don't serve your money. Serve the Lord and your money will serve you. I'm going to say it again. You can write it down if you want. Do not serve your money. Let your money serve the Lord and then your money will serve you. As we allow our money to serve God, we will be taken care of. We will be taken care of. But for most of us, we are serving our money. When you read, you can't serve God and Mammon. If we're really honest, all of us struggle with this on some level. We make a million decisions based on serving money rather than serving the Lord. I'm not preaching down on anybody. I'm living this with you guys. I got a wife, I got kids. I know what it's like. So I'm not here saying I got this licked. I'm saying, hey, look, I'm a traveler on this path with you guys. And I was really convicted this week reading this. Because I'm like, you know, if I'm really honest, I want to serve mammon. And I want to serve God. I want to be able to live a nice, comfortable American dream life. But I still want that veneer of spirituality. I want that veneer of following Jesus. And when I read Jesus saying something so definitive as You cannot serve two masses. I'm like, man, Jesus, come on. Give me a break. You know, I kind of like it this way. Don't serve your money, brothers and sisters. Let your money serve the Lord, and your money will take care of you. I guarantee this because Jesus is not going to mess us up. Now, from there, all right, we made this great case, right? Money's not the problem, our hearts are the problem. We should be generous, it's a lordship issue. And then, inadvertently, what happens is that for a moment, we embrace it with our hearts. We get super excited. We're like, yes, I know that this is the truth. The Spirit of God is saying this is the truth. And then you take a step of faith, and you do something reckless, and then all of a sudden, you have seller's remorse. Right? I have a great example of this. I remember when I first got saved and God got my life together, I was playing music professionally. And I remember at that time, I was studying jazz, and I was playing jazz. And you don't go into jazz for the money. Okay. It's like, nobody plays jazz for the money. You can be in a rock band. You can go up there and play five songs, a half hour set and make a little bit of money for jazz. You pay for three hours and they pay you 40 bucks. And maybe if you're lucky, they give you an appetizer, you know? So you don't go into playing jazz for the money. Right. But it was interesting that, and anybody who plays music as a career knows that when you get a recording gig hired in, now there's some money in that. And I remember I got called from a studio. I mean, I was 21 years old, just out of college, just starting to walk with the Lord. I remember I got a call from a studio, being like, hey, Daniel, you know, can you come on in? I have this recording project, singer-songwriter there. I'm like, great. Yeah, one of the dates, blah, blah, blah. How much does it pay? And they told me how much it paid. And I said, hey, now we got some career prospects. You know, it was like, compared to 50 bucks for three hours, this was like, Nice. And I remember I started this recording project. It was super fun. I'd been in the studio before, but this was the first time I was doing it and getting paid for it. And I remember after the third session, they gave me a check. And I'm like,
0: wow,
1: this is nice. This is like what the real world is like. And I remember I went to church that night and I was just pumped and worship and the word. And they were just talking about they were gonna build a new youth center so that all the young people could hear about Jesus. And they were going to take a special offering for it. And I felt like the Lord would be like, yeah, you want those young people to get saved. And I'm like, yeah. And I took that. And I'm like, I had this big check in my pocket. I took it out. Offering came. I signed, paid to the order, put the church's name on it. And I dropped it in. And I felt like a million bucks. I'm like, yeah, young people come to hear about Jesus. And I was so excited. And then what happened was I got home. And I thought to myself, holy cow. What was I thinking? And then I woke up the next morning and I called the church. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I mistakenly dropped the check into the offering basket. (laughs) Seller's remorse, right? None of you know what that's like, I'm sure, right? And then I felt convicted. I'm like, well, you know what? Listen, I didn't really drop it in. Because what happens? You hear all this stuff about being Jesus-like, right? That I'm not. I'm, I'm going to sow up treasures in heaven, and then you do something kind of Jesus-like, and then all of a sudden you freak out because what am I doing? And what happens? Worry sets in, right? For all of us, when you try and live like Jesus, when you're totally used to living a different way, all of a sudden you get, uh-oh, what's going on? And so Jesus gives us verses 25 to 34. In application, I got five keys to understanding worry for you out of these verses. Because I know that what I'm asking you to do is going to be something that is going to create some heart dissonance in your life if you choose to follow Jesus rather than the American way. I realize that. And Jesus realizes that. So right away, Jesus teaches us about worrying. It's fascinating. In these verses, three times in verse 25, verse 31, and verse 34, we get a therefore. And what do I always say? What's it there for? You see it therefore, you say, what's it there for? It's always drawing a conclusion. Because of this radical new reality that we're supposed to be laying up in treasures in heaven and not on earth. We're supposed to be generous instead of being stingy. That we can only serve one master and that master's meant to be the Lord. Jesus says three times, therefore, do not worry. Do not worry. So what I have for you is I have three reasons not to worry and then I have two things to do instead of worrying. Let's look at it. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Now, first, in verse 25, Jesus begins by knowing what he just taught, the reality that people are going to worry, what are we going to eat, and what are we going to wear? Now, it's fascinating that, it shows how different Jesus' culture was than ours. Because when I'm asking you guys to be generous, I realize that most of you have a closet full of clothes. Most of you live in a house with a lot of empty space in it. Like I grew up in a home that there was a whole room that just had furniture in that you never sat in. They call it the living room. I mean, how oxymoronic is that? The living room is the one room in the house that no one goes into. And it's got like couches with plastic on. I mean, it's totally weird. The living room that no one goes into. And every once in a while, I used to put my upright base in there. And I thought like, when I put it in there, it was just like, you know, there's a new piece of furniture in the living room. So odd. Anyway, Jesus realized that for the people he's talking to, they're thinking of himself, if I live like this, what am I going to eat? And what am I going to wear? How am I going to survive? The basics of human need, food and clothing. Now, I realize that in talking to you guys, most of you are not worried about that at all. Most of you, you could take half your wardrobe and you could give it to goodwill and you still have more clothes than 95% of the globe. Okay? So I want to make sure we put that in context. We are abundantly blessed in America. We're abundantly blessed. But Jesus uses two examples to dispel the worry that comes from the basic necessities of life. First, he uses the birds of the air and then he uses the lilies of the field. The birds of the air. He says, look at the birds of the air. Right? They neither sow nor reap nor gathered into barns, but yet your heavenly father feeds them. (laughs) Have you ever seen a worm farm for the birds? Like where they got like a little plot of land where they put a little fence around it and they put a bunch of worms in there and they try and get a male worm and a female worm or however they make more worms and they they have like a little worm farm and then as as there's a lot of worms, they take them and they gather them into a refrigerator. For a rainy day? You ever see that? No, right? I've never seen it either. Now, not just because we haven't seen it doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but we know it doesn't happen. See, when you worry about food, Jesus says, look, look at the birds. They don't do all the crazy stuff we do to try and hoard food, extra food, an extra freezer full of food. They don't do any of that. But yet your heavenly father feeds them. Why? Don't worry because you are valuable to God. Don't worry because you are valuable to God. Isn't that what Jesus said? He says, are you not of more value than they? The end of verse 26. So one of the reasons we shouldn't worry is because we are valuable to God. We are of great value to him. So first Jesus uses the birds for food. They don't do all this crazy stuff, but yet God feeds them. Now, in regards to clothing, Jesus uses the example of lilies. Look what it says in verse 28. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Now, toil and spinning, that is old school language for how to make clothes. Right? Now, think about this. In every generation, flowers have always been beautiful. And you've never seen flowers sitting around making a magazine saying, I wonder what's in style today. The lilies being like, I need a V-neck, a deep V, a double deep V, a reverse V. Skinny jeans, baggy jeans, ripped jeans, stonewashed jeans, bell bottoms. See, this is the things that we worry about, right? There's a whole industry that tells you what's in and what's out, right? But Jesus says, look at the lilies. They don't worry about clothing And yet, even Solomon in all of his glory, Solomon was the greatest and richest king in the history of the children of Israel. He was the Jay Z personified fashion mogul. P. Diddy, whoever your guy is, he was the Tommy Hill figure personified in that day. And he said, Look, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these beautiful flowers. See, this is beautiful if we were to learn from Francis of Assisi and go and smell the flowers and look at the birds, check out what God has created in nature, we will find that we are more valuable to God than these things. So we don't have a need to worry about it. It doesn't make any sense to worry. So not only should we not worry because you are valuable to God, but look at verse 27. Which one of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Now, in Jesus' day, a cubit was the distance between the crook of your elbow to the tip of your middle finger. Now, I realize some people's arms are longer than other people's, but by and large, it was about a foot and a half. Jesus is saying, look, which one of you, by worrying, can make yourself a little bit taller? We shouldn't worry because worrying does not change your circumstances. Don't worry because it doesn't change your circumstances. Do you realize that? That worrying is completely fruitless because all the worrying that you do does not change your circumstances that you're worrying about. Not one bit. All it does is it changes you in your circumstances. Worrying keeps you from making a good decision because you're worried about things that actually don't change anything. Now, isn't that textbook insanity doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? No matter how much you worry about something, it actually doesn't change the circumstance at all. Not one bit. If you're worried that I'm not tall enough, all the worrying in the world isn't going to make you any taller. It's not. So don't worry because it doesn't change your circumstances at all. Not one bit. So it makes no sense to worry because we're valuable to God. makes no sense to worry because it doesn't change our circumstances. And look at verses 31 and 32. Therefore, do not worry, saying... What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. Third reason, don't worry because God knows what you need. Don't worry because God knows what you need. And that's exciting. Now, I realize that in America, we have a kind of a messed up compass between wants and needs don't we? What do we really need and what do we want? And we're so used to getting everything we want, we just think that they're all needs. Like, it's hard. You know, as a church, sometimes people come and they're, they're in a bad way financially, you know? And they come and they want help. And then you watch them get into a 2008 Volvo. And you're just like, huh? You got a $600 a month car payment? You're here asking for help? Now, Don't get me wrong, I haven't seen anybody do that. I just know that that happens in America. It's like, I have a need, but they have 500 cable channels for $200 a month. And they have a smartphone with unlimited data. But you need to help me, huh? I'm not saying that having a nice car is bad. I'm not saying that. But there's a big difference between I need help and I want you to help me live my lavish lifestyle. You know, we should do this one day. We actually, a group of us did this in San Francisco. We realized that most of the world lived on $2 a day. So know what we did? We tried to do a week where we tried to live on $2 a day for a week. You know how hard it is to live on $2 a day? You can't even imagine it. Imagine it, $14 for a whole week. That includes gas in the car, all the food that you're going to eat. You learn very quickly how good we have it. Don't worry because God knows what you need. And God is not into supplying our greeds either. God doesn't bless us by feeding our greediness. He doesn't do it. God knows our needs. He'll take care of our needs. So those are the three reasons not to worry. Don't worry because you're valuable to God. Don't worry because it doesn't change your circumstances. And don't worry because God knows what you need. And then in verse 33 and 34, we have two things to do instead of worrying. Look at verse 33 but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Instead of worrying, try seeking. Instead of worrying, try seeking. I love this. Jesus said, instead of all this worrying, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Listen to Eugene Peterson's translation of this in what he calls the message. It's a beautiful way of characterizing it. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. I love this. He's saying, look, instead of worrying, seek God. Focus yourself on who God is and what God is doing and how God provides. And don't worry about missing out on anything. You'll find that your everyday human concerns will be met. So instead of worrying, try seeking. Try seeking to understand who God is and how God works and what God is doing. And you will find that God will take care of your every need. So instead of worrying, try seeking. And then in verse 34, look at what it says. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Instead of worrying, stay in the present. Instead of worrying, stay in the present. If you think about the things that you worry about, like I did all week, knowing I was going to teach this, I was trying to be mindful of what am I worrying about? And every one of my worries had nothing to do with today. It had to do with the what ifs, what could happen, what may happen, right? And you spend all your time focused on tomorrow. Now it's unfortunate because the new agers grab this idea of being present in the present and they really put it forth but really, they just took it from Jesus. Look what Jesus says. It's beautiful here. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about its own thing. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. He's like, don't focus on tomorrow. You got enough on your plate today. See, Noah you know what God has taught me this week? And I'm so grateful for this. He taught me this. If God's mercies are new every morning, God has given me grace and mercy for today. He hasn't given me grace and mercy for tomorrow. He'll give me that tomorrow. God will give you grace for tomorrow. Tomorrow, you have all the grace and mercy you need to live today, today. So instead of worrying about what may happen, what could happen, what if this happens, blah, 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 and the whole thing, have you ever noticed that the what ifs, have you ever been right about the what ifs? Ever? No, right? We freak out about a million things. A million things. And none of them ever happen. So we waste today, we miss out on enjoying God today, we miss out on the blessings of what God has given us today, worrying about tomorrow that we don't even know if it's ever going to happen. And it's just fruitless, isn't it? So instead of worrying, try seeking, seek God instead. And instead of worrying, stay in the present. Say, God, thank you for today. And Lord, you know I'm worried about tomorrow, but you're going to be there tomorrow. I'm here today. Listen to Eugene Peterson again on this verse. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. And I like that. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. So instead of worrying, brothers and sisters, listen. Focus on what God is doing right now. Right in the present moment, stay right here and enjoy what God is up to. Tomorrow, he'll give you the grace to deal with tomorrow's stuff. We got enough on our plates today. And if we're really thoughtful about it, we have a whole lot to be praising God for right now, don't we? Not all the concerns of tomorrow, what might happen, how's it gonna work, what's gonna, no. We have an opportunity to praise God today, for today. Right now, and we trust him for tomorrow.
0: Jesus is real. Worry can take over our minds in little time. Today, Pastor Daniel shared ways to recognize the worry in our lives and things to do instead of worry. When apprehension fills our hearts, we can turn to Jesus and allow his promises to ease our minds.
1: Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. Life can be crazy busy at times. I don't know about you, I can go through the whole day blowing through my calendar and by the end I can think, where did the time go? Did I even spend it well or wisely? Did I pause and take a few moments to reflect on how good God is and how amazing His love is? And to pray for those in my life and those around me in the world. Well, I found something that helps me remember. I wear a real leather bracelet all throughout the day. That bracelet catches my eyes and it's a constant reminder of what God is doing in my life and in the world around me. Every time I wear the real bracelet, I'm prompted to pray and to give thanks. And I want to make this bracelet available to you as well. Here's Josh with some more information about how you can get your very own real bracelet.
0: Thanks, Pastor Daniel. I agree. It's easy to lose track of the important things in this life. Right now, you can join us in partnering with Jesus Is Real Radio and receive a tool that will help you remember the important things. A leather craftsman at Crossroads Community Church handmade leather bracelets with the word real on them. Like Pastor Daniel, when you wear your real bracelet, you'll have a constant reminder to pray and give thanks. For anyone who supports Jesus is Real Radio with a gift of $25 or more this month, we will send you your very own real bracelet as a thanks. Remember, your support helps us do what we do here at Jesus is Real Radio. Check out JesusIsRealRadio.com and click on Partner to join the team and receive your thank you gift. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share Jesus' application of his messages from the Sermon on the Mount. We will be given two options. One is easy, yet leads to destruction. But the other, more difficult option, leads to a life of abundant blessing. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series entitled The Mission Growing. Please glance at the clock right now. And make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.